Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our King and Savior draweth nigh. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 86 86 or 85? 85. Thank you. Lord, thou art become gracious unto thy land. Thou hast turned away the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the offense of thy people and covered all their sins. Thou hast taken away all thy displeasure, and turned thyself from thy wrathful indignation. Turn us then, O God our Savior, and let thine anger cease from us. Wilt thou be displeased at us forever, and wilt thou stretch out thy wrath from one generation to another? Wilt thou not turn again and quicken us, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hearken what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace unto his people and to his saints, that they turn not again unto foolishness. For his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall flourish out of the earth, and righteousness hath looked down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall show loving kindness, and our land shall give her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall direct his going in the way. Psalm 107 <clears throat> O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, and his mercy endureth forever. Let them give thanks whom the Lord hath redeemed, and delivered from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They went astray in the wilderness out of the way, 
and found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. So they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to the city where they dwelt. O oh, that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he satisfieth the empty soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being fast bound in misery and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of the Lord, and lightly regarded the counsel of the Most Highest. He also brought down their heart through heaviness. They fell down, and there was none to help them. So when they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distress. For he brought them out of darkness and out of the shadow of death, and break their bonds in sunder. Oh, that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and de declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and smitten the bars of iron in sunder. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> the first lesson is out of the 35th chapter of Isaiah. The wilderness and wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, and he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Sion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Here endeth the first lesson. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and return not thither but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the twelfth verse of the fifth chapter of First uh, Thessalonians. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not the Holy Spirit from us. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming did send thy messenger to prepare thy way before thee, grant that the ministers and stewards of thy mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready thy way, by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at thy second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in thy sight, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and ever. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning, all. A few brief thoughts on our, our lessons for today. Isaiah 35 is pretty remarkable because for us this morning because it, it kind of is a pivot point in this long book of Isaiah that really answers a question that's been uh, asked since the beginning of chapter 12 when Isaiah began to sort of tell of the coming Assyrian invasion of the northern kingdom. And the sort of the question behind that question of, you know, what, what, what are the people to do in the wake, in the face of such a violent enemy from the north coming down to decimate their way of life? Um, the question behind that is really a question that pervades the ancient world and the, and the understanding of ancient warfare, which is really a question of, of sort of the competition and the war amongst the gods. 
this is a theme that runs through the Old Testament, and um, and, and is and you'll see this in the in the history books of the Old Testament when an envoy comes from a foreign land, comes down from either Assyria or comes down from Babylon um, or comes up from Egypt. One of the things that they will often sort of flex in the in the court of the king is that their God is is the God that will triumph over all the other gods of the earth. And it was sort of it was seen in a way that the success that a, that an empire or a kingdom would have in its conquest of others was an indication to all and a sort of a proof text for all that their God was superior to the other gods. And so what's on the line here under this mindset is this idea that if the northern kingdom of Israel falls, um, it's taken as a as a kind of apologetical argument for Assyrian apologetics uh, that their gods are superior to the God of Israel. And so because otherwise the God of Israel should not allow himself to be conquered and should not allow his people to be conquered. And if he was really the God that he says he is, he would he would he would be able to stand up against the clearly mightier Assyrian gods. And so that's kind of this question that's been asked uh, since chapter 12 is, is, is God strong? Is God faithful? Is God trustworthy? Is God you know, reliable? Is he, the, is he the one true God? Is he the God of all gods? Or is he just another God in this sort of uh, pantheon that you know, gets knocked around by other gods? And in 35, with this image of redemption and return from the kingdoms of the north, of the people who are taken away in captivity, we have a definitive answer to that in the in the prophecy of Isaiah, which sort of settles the interpretive sense for the captivity in the first place. It says, you know, well, the people are taken into captivity because of their recurring unfaithfulness in the same pattern that God has been exercising among his people um, since their wanderings in the wilderness. And but most certainly through the time of the judges where unfaithfulness was met with occupation and then oppression. And then as the people turned in repentance and then turned back to God, they experienced the bringing up of a deliverer who would redeem them from their enemies and would, and would bring them back from, from the bondage and captivity. And this is the pattern that continues to, to go sort of, uh, to, to sort of emanate in larger and larger forms as we go through the whole Old Testament. And as we go into Isaiah 35, we get this sense that this is not only going to have a kind of immediate horizon of redemption for Israel, but also for it'll have ultimately a cosmic sort of horizon as well, ultimately. And this is the, the kind of the image of redemption, this sort of this, this, this long awaited answer to this really perplexing question that the people are surely asking themselves as they hear these things and experience these things in history. It says, no, like, don't let the historical sort of don't let these let, don't let these things sort of deceive you. The Assyrians are but the tool of Yahweh, the God of all gods, and he has no competitor. And so and he will he will evidence this by redeeming and just and, and in, in, a, in the blink of an eye, sort of as as it were, just bringing all of his people back um, to the land again. And so the image of Isaiah 35 is one of rejoicing as the as the people of God. And this is really the first time in Isaiah we get this word for redeemed, the people who have been um, who have been sort of purchased back from from captivity um, and from the and from under their enemies. Now, they will go back to Mount Zion and find that the whole land has been restored from its decimation. Um, and that there, and then at the end, you know, they will they will be returned to Mount Zion again to commune with God in their land again, 
um, and, and God will dwell among them in that place. And so this is a, a sort of an image of the end, uh, an image of the end of captivity. And so the, the, the sort of the, the image of the people in this are those who have been made, who have been refined and purified through their patient endurance of affliction and captivity so that they might rejoice as they go, come back. Um, one is reminded in this case of like Psalm 126, where you know you have this image of going out into captivity and returning again. The psalmist says, those who go on their way weeping, but bearing forth good seed will doubtless come again with joy and bring their sheaves with them. And that's the image that we're getting here. That's echoed in St. Paul's uh, own language as he's talking to the Thessalonians. You have in chapter five here, this image is called to rejoicing and it's couched for St. Paul in this image of the redeemed and the proper sort of um, the, the, the sort of the proper posture and disposition of the redeemed. Um, he sees Christians as those who have received the new law of God on their hearts by the giving of the spirit and are being brought from from all nations, being gathered again from all nation, out of all nations um, into the true people of God. Um, and so his call to rejoice is not just a like, you know, a sort of a, a, a sort of an, an, an enthusiastic admonition to, you know, like, you know, be of good cheer, everybody, you know, just like perk up, you know, things are sometimes hard right now, but, you know, it's going to get better. It's not just kind of bland optimism for St. Paul, his call to rejoice and to pray without ceasing is really couched in the image of Isaiah, except he sees it happening on a kind of cosmic level that these things are coming to pass that have been foretold and that have been meticulously unfolded and evidenced in the way that God has moved among his people. And so for St. Paul to say this is not, again, religious affect. It is instead a, a call to participate in this, this larger narrative that's been unfolded for thousands of years. And he's seeing it come to pass in his own time, which accounts for his as a, you know, as a converted rabbi, his profound excitement for what he sees happening in front of his own eyes. He's seeing the fulfillment of the promises made since the time of Abraham that were ratified, that were codified in the law, ratified by the prophets. And then he sees coming to pass in the age of the true Messiah that he now knows is named Jesus. And he's and, and, and through the people that Jesus has made for himself. So it's a very exciting time. And as we kind of pivot into Advent three now, this is the this is the time we're starting to this is, you know, we, we, we're, this is called Rose Sunday. And the, there's a sort of lightening of the atmosphere of the liturgies and a lightening of the atmosphere of the season that the light is beginning to shine and the darkness is brightening and, and, the, and the, the light of the world is getting closer and nearer. And so this week we're focusing on the ministry of John the Baptist, the forerunner. And we're really focusing also on the ministries of all those that God has put in our lives to tell us and to remind us that the light is shining in the darkness and calling us to obedience, to live as those who have been made partakers of the light. So this week um, is a good week to pray for the pastoral people in your life and to, um, and to also uh, look for the ways that God has called you to be a witness to the light in the darkness as kind of like as, as you know, uh, and, and as, as witnesses to, the, to these things and to rejoice and to pray without ceasing. So a few thoughts for this morning. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. 
be gracious unto thy church and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. Comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities. Have mercy upon the faithful departed, and grant them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and 